Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Hi, and welcome to Eating Fried Chicken in the Shower bonus episode. And I'm joined, as always, by clinical psychologist Saab Jahao. Saab, kia ora. Kia ora, James. Nice to be here. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Good to see anyone. Um, Saab, with the, um, not the advent of social media, but more of how prevalent it is in our lives these days, uh, especially in a time of lockdowns, um, what are the dangers that people have in, in, in tying our self-image um, to social media and the responses we get. Yeah, I think it's useful to think about, you know, how we develop through that sort of like late childhood and then into that teen period. And that tells us a little bit about where our influences come from and where the traps might be. So if we think about sort of around about eight, nine years old, that's when we start to kind of get this uh, development of identity, right? Um, and then it starts to go out into late childhood, early adolescence, and we actually start to see peer approval start to take much more of an influence. You know, parental approval is still important, but peer approval is rising in the stakes. And then we start to see adolescent self-esteem much more likely to be affected by the feedback that they get from people who are of their, in their own social circle in their own age. Now, what's different? now compared to the past is that actually you know you might see drama you might get bullying or feeling pressure to present yourself in a certain way but all of that was happening in the here and now mm. um in what was your real life circumstance you know your um offline presence but when it's online you know as well as the positive stuff that happens you know that can enhance your self-esteem i guess the big issue is around digital footprint so when you get like a passing negative comment that might happen in the classroom or somewhere else, it's usually kind of forgotten. And there's only a few people who might have witnessed that, you know, life moves on. But the rise in like online environments, which we're hanging out in, means that if a teen says the wrong thing, mm. it might not be forgotten by their peers so easily. And the audience, if it goes viral and it's shared, then multiplies by a factor that's you know quite incredible it can really get out there and that's the that's the thing that's really dangerous i think and and can really lead to people getting really upset uh around how quickly it spreads and and how many people see it it's kind of like um it's not just the environment because i think we often think of social media as an online environment and you know then the real world and to that degree you can edit a filter to use the language um you know who is who you're interacting with and and what kind of person you're interacting with you know it's 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 not just about being cool to your classmates or or cool to your team it's also about being cool to the um to the random strangers online 
but then what you're saying is it's the it's the online language itself you know um the way in which digital images stick around the way in which uh, tweets or, or posts of any kind stick around which means it's, it's a lot different to the generations that have come before yeah absolutely and, and then if you kind of see the interaction with you know this is a really sensitive stage for a lot of lot of young people in their development and adults i think can sometimes forget how personally hurtful it can feel when you haven't had the time and the life experiences to be more comfortable in your identity for it to roll off you you know if you can see something like that and repeatedly being exposed to it it can feel much more um you know hurtful to your this nascent still being developed sense of identity that you're going through that you know developing that i mean one thing i've been doing is i've been off a lot of social media for the past couple of months and i i guess i'm old enough to know that that's not gonna you know be the end of the world um and something i needed to do it's, it's what are some things that people can do um when they when when they're feeling that their self-image is is too tired or, or or getting too crushed by what's going on online yeah i think you know taking time out is a really really good example of that as an adult or you know if you have a teen or you're you're worried about other people then i think encouraging them to sit down and do a, a bit of a social media clear out as well as kind of limiting time and exposure you know take a couple of hours to sit with your your team delete any accounts that they follow that aren't guiding them towards you know a healthy healthier happier life you know really think about the ecosystem that they're setting themselves in uh, and how is it that they can influence what it is that they see you know you can influence how the algorithm is serving up things to you by making better settings so not just who you're following but also your privacy settings too so making accounts on social media sites like facebook instagram private means that you could then limit who sees your posts and what else you might see too and there's um there's something to be said for the instantaneousness of of social media affecting how we view our, our mental health journey isn't there I yeah yeah um you know it can feel very visceral um you know not just what we're seeing in the moment but also if we're seeing a lot of that uh, mm. for a long period of the day it can start to outweigh what it is that we might be experiencing outside of that you know social media online feed too i've been offline for a couple of months this is the reason i bring it up you know and people are like oh are you are you gone have you quit i was like no i'm just taking a break like, but it's been a couple of months i'm like yeah, but it's just been a couple of months. And is that is that just a change in my mentality? Like just seeing the the need for the, for the the instantaneous, uh, not as much as as some of my peers. Or? Yeah, I mean, it can take a little while, uh, but once you step out of it for a little while, then you start to perhaps look at it from a different point of view. But those people who are still immersed in it look at you as if you're the outsider, you're the outlier, you're the person who's not doing the thing that everybody else is doing but once you're outside of it then you start mm. to perhaps connect with other people who are thinking similar to you starting to think about how much time they're spending online and trying to strike a bit of a bit more of a balance as to the place that it takes in their lives you know i've been through similar things myself where i say you know what i'm just going to take a, a week away from that and just change my perspective a bit and then when i do re-engage i try to re-engage with it a bit more mindfully hmm. uh, and not let the time just whiz by and suddenly you know where did the last couple of hours go do, do you think that um, i'm trying to think of how to, to word this respectfully that we just 
aren't necessarily uh, as aware as we used to be of how long a mental health journey can actually take. Uh, and maybe films are a little bit of an influence here as well in terms of, you know, you watch a film and someone's going through a mental health journey and in 90 minutes, they've done the whole thing. But, you know, from my own personal experience, it's, it's, it takes years. I feel like people are sometimes forgetting that. Yeah. And you're right. I think what we see is very much a curated kind of version of what a mental health journey might look like. And, and the reality is, is that there are bumps along the way and you have periods of wellness that can be interspersed with relapses where you need treatment more perhaps than, than you would do at other times. And that's actually much more of a realistic pathway up. You know, you take mm. three steps forwards, you take a couple of steps back, uh, sometimes are better than others. But what we get is a more truncated kind of um, curated view of that, I think. For some of our listeners, and I'm thinking especially for the ones who are on longer journeys, who might might view the current environment and, and are feeling maybe like they're, you know, like, I don't want to say failing, but you, you know what I mean in terms of it doesn't seem to be as as picture perfect a mental health journey as they, they've seen. Is there what are some tips for our, our listeners who are who are having longer mental health journeys to to let them know that you know that's as you say it's quite normal. I, I think you're right, and I think um, you know my experience of you know relatives and friends who have been through a similar thing is that recognizing that. It's not a simple one-way journey. Each time it happens that you have an episode or something is difficult, um, it's an opportunity to learn how to be more alert for warning signs in your own particular journey. And, and I think that that's the key to remember is that your journey, another person's journey, although they may look similar, you know, if you look at it from a, a a long view actually the detail is very different everybody's journey with depression anxiety or whatever is showing up in your life that you're living alongside is going to look quite different so figuring out how to get help sooner learning about what it is that you need to do to manage how um, that shows up in your life and what what you can do to keep yourself not just safe but healthy and thriving alongside your experience of uh, managing mental illness in your life then becomes the key, I think, rather than trying to avoid it or wishing that you get to the end. Uh, and as hard as a message that that sounds is that actually the reality is that it's fits and spurts of having good times and bad times, just like life is. Um, and one last thing, sir, one of the best bits of advice I ever got talking about mental health was years ago from a dear friend who said, oh, people who are going through mental health issues don't necessarily like to talk about their mental health issues. Uh, and I clearly didn't listen. But uh, there's a weight that you know, comes with talking about trauma. And uh, we've talked about this kind of stuff before. And um, I'm just wondering for if, like, is, is there language that people can use um, when they're talking, you know, people come to them to talk about mental health, not just for me, but for, for other people who are open about their mental health to, um, to let people know that, hey, I'm, I'm glad that what I've said helps you. Um, yeah. But, you know, I've, uh, this, I, I guess what I'm asking is, you know, as, are, are there ways in which we can tell people, hey, I can't talk about this right now without making them feel lesser? Yeah, I, I think what we're, 
what you're talking about here is, you know, as well as feeling almost like uh, this burden of responsibility mm. uh, of, you know, well, I've been through this and I want to help other people to understand what it is and perhaps even assist them in some way through sharing mm. my story or finding connection points with them. I, I think that that's absolutely fantastic. But I think that, again, you, you recognize that that sometimes can weigh heavy on your shoulders, as well as dealing with whatever is going on in your life. Sharing that story is doesn't come without cost, uh, and managing how much of you you how much of that that you do at any one period of time, also recognizing that at some point it's going to be easier than others, and I think that it's not necessarily needing to talk about that all the time. Like like you say, you've you've um, changed your behavior online such that you're going to have a little bit of a time out uh, and minimizing your exposure, to, uh, perhaps with connecting with a community who might be reaching out to, for help with you. Um, so yeah, it's um, recognizing and talking and saying, you know, um, I'd love to help you, but right now I'm on a, a little bit of a break and, and looking after myself for a while. Let me know a way that I can catch up with you when I'm, I'm have a bit more space available to to speak about that. I think it's a perfectly acceptable way uh, for people to prioritise their self-care as well as trying to help and look out for others. Clinical psychologist, Saab Jahal, thank you very much. Sure, James. Always good to see you and talk. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.